Welcome to Mixed Company. Bringing the siloed and uncomfortable conversation we have with our friends to the forefront so everyone can participate in the conversation. We say all the things you never would in Mixed Company. Welcome to Mixed Company. Hey, okay, y'all. Welcome back. We're on episode 43. I promise this is the last time I'll stop counting. I was like, when do people Why? stop counting? Because, like, at this point, I thought you were going to at 50. Okay, I'll stop at 50. I thought you were going to go to 100. Nah, so, like, yeah. at this point, does it even matter? I'm good on that. <laughs> like, does it even matter once you get past 50 that we've recorded 51 I like episodes? It. At that point, it's like, we've made we're it on episode far. a lot. <laughs> have we made it thus far? We have made it thus far. I like to celebrate or each moment. Whatever. <laughs> celebrate on your own time. Right. But celebrate <laughs> on your own time. Goodbye. <laughs> so welcome back to episode uh, 43. Um, guys, there's so much happening right now in the industry from an advertising perspective, from a marketing, PR, um, entertainment, um, diversity, inclusion perspective, like... I'm just while I while I am concerned that there's so much ain't shit bullshit happening within all of the communications industries, I'm just so glad that we're getting so much content to actually have conversation cuz there was a point about a year ago where I was like I don't know how much more we can talk about um. before <laughs> before like it just becomes redundant. And here we are with a whole bunch of new things to talk about. Um, just to give you guys a little taste about what you can expect from this episode, Diet Madison Ave. Um, if you haven't heard, if you if you don't know, you better ask somebody, and that somebody is essentially going to be us, <laughs> mixed company. We are about to give you tea on all the tea that's happening in advertising right now. So I'm excited because I feel like this episode, um, while it totally will be. Um, serious this is serious we're definitely going to be gossiping um because <laughs> because be, i mean the reality is this is this is gossip worthy tea worthy maybe gossip isn't the word but this is definitely tea worthy uh content that needs to be discussed and needs to be highlighted so i'm excited yay I'm excited too. this is great this is so great. I'm I'm literally so excited. You and I don't know if it's the beer or the rum or the content or all. Mixture of all. It is a mixture of all. It's great. Um, we're also recording in, in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> so if you hear any cheers or jeers, just know that we have folks here um, that are joining us to absorb the conversation from the per perimeter of uh, the room. So we're excited. Word. Shout out to the homegirl. Ashley Evangelista, uh, who is here with us today. Cool. So let's go ahead and jump right into dope shit or ain't shit. I'm not. I'm not it. Okay. Karina, so I'll be you're it. it. <laughs> Woohoo! Hold on. So this is a little. This will be airing Pat and Pass. So if you probably already seen the, the Coca-Cola, mm -hmm. what? Oh, we probably already seen the Coca-Cola ad. Um, by Wyden and Kennedy, I believe. You're looking at me like oh, from all the Super Bowl. No, oh no, you weren't paying attention. I was paying attention. Shout out to the three percent conference or three percent movement. Rather, we actually Simeon and Karina and I um, joined them for their annual Super Bowl tweet up, where we called people out for their ain't shit commercial and their dope shit commercials. And one of their dope shit commercials was from Coca-Cola. So Karina, or maybe it's ain't shit. How did no, you feel about no, it? No, no, I liked. Okay. Okay. So during the tweet up, there was a tweet that said that this, um, this commercial was done by, um, a copywriter who has their masters in poetry. And I tweeted, it's a commercial, not Shakespeare, fam. But I, that was harsh. I apologize. Let me tell you about 2018, Rena. <laughs> 2017, Rena was ratchet. 2018, Rena, she might not be, she might not be shit. Okay, hey, yes. I have hope. Anyway, so I read an article in Adweek that, yes, um, the ad was written by both a poet and copywriter, Whiting Kennedy's Be Becca Waldinger. I'm sorry if I messed up your name. Um, she has an MFA and a PhD in creative writing, plus a book of poetry on the way. 
And I believe this um, commercial was one of the few, or if only the few, that was directed by a female director. So that's me being ancient, my apology about my tweet, and dope shit all rolled into one. Okay. There we go. Um, why, why was it dope? I, I don't Why was it dope? Um, <laughs> I will say that, well, I thought it was a really good commercial for Super Bowl. I felt like it wasn't, um, I felt like it wasn't as inauthentic as others. Like, I felt emotion. I'll say this. It, it brought to the front of my, <laughs> the front of my brain some emotion. It pulled emotion out of me. It, um, made me think. I thought it was, uh, the images were beautiful, um, Definitely something that I feel might win some awards during a w- advertising award season, right? Um, because the reality is there were so many other commercials that were just stretching. Like, let's not even talk about Dodge Ram <laughs> and, like, all of the commercials. Where it was just like, bruh. Like, stretching to be great? Well, or to be relevant. To be relevant, to be relevant, right? I felt like there were a lot of com- commercials that spoke specifically to diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. um, that didn't need to. You know, like, if you don't need to address your lack of diversity or the or the lack of inclusivity that you have perpetuated through the years um, of your company's existence, why the fuck are you using the Super Bowl to highlight that you need to do better? <laughs> Why the fuck are you, you like, know. like, I like, it really pissed me off with Dodge Ram. Dodge Ram pissed me off. Um, T-Mobile pissed me off, child. Shout out, shout out to your Twitter beef. I yeah, know, right? I got into a little Twitter beef online about T-Mobile. Folks was upset, and, and T-Mobile had to respond. But I just felt like this is what it looks like to commercialize culture. This is what it looks like to commercialize conversation. You feel that because there is a huge conversation happening, whether it is negative or positive, that, and by you, I mean the, these organizations, these companies, these agencies, that somehow in order for you to remain relevant, you need to have a perspective. Sometimes the perspective is to sit the fuck down. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I felt, for example... Coca-Cola versus Diet Coke. Diet Coke had a crappy-ass commercial. Oh, I missed the Diet Coke one. Let me me act like I work in the industry. Diet Coke had a shitty-ass advertisement um, where it was a young, young, um, really cute white actress. I think, I don't know if she had blonde hair or red hair. She was just adorable. She was absolutely adorable. I don't think anything was wrong with her. But what happened was she drank the soda, mm-hmm. the, the diet-ass soda, mm-hmm. <laughs> okay? And all of a sudden, she started singing hip-hop lyrics and started doing her little two-step. She did a little half-twerk. She did a little side dance because essentially they were saying this diet soda is so good that it makes you do, you know, it makes you more hip. Makes you do it black things. You do, well, it. you know, that's how I internalized it. That's how a lot of people online internal, internalized it. All of a sudden, now you got a little bit more rhythm. All of a sudden, now you a rapper. All of a sudden, you know, and it was just like, is that what diet soda does? It makes you diet hip-hop? Like, I, <laughs> I cannot understand why it was that necessary that that was the messaging you were trying to get across. Meanwhile, I felt on the Coca-Cola side that – there was a message and the visuals pertain to inclusivity. That's what I got from the visuals of their commercial. Um, and, and quite honestly, I think Coca-Cola has gone to extensive lengths to always be involved in the conversation of being inclusive. Let's not forget the 1970s, um, commercial of everybody holding hands, sharing a Coca-Cola across the world. Like, First of all, mono is a real thing, but okay, I get it. You know, we all brothers and sisters. That's cute too. Um, so no. I, didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't hate the Coca Cola commercial. I it wasn't my favorite. Tide feel any Tide was my favorite because I feel like Tide was here, and I think yeah. E Trade also did some things that was like, oh, I wasn't expecting that. I kind of like what, what the direction you're heading in, but Coke did what I Coca Cola. The 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 primary brand they did what I needed them to do. 
they stayed on I, brand. I mean, my favorites was definitely Amazon. Um, those like those were the ones that like stood out to me. I think people tried to be diverse, or they tried to be relevant, and it just didn't come through completely. I mean, I think this is to that point. This is kind of why we do the podcast, which is you can tell, you can almost tell who had diverse teams working on these spots or who had a seat at the table working on these spots because a lot of them were just tone deaf. Like, they were just culturally not relevant. Um, but my favorite spot was the the Mountain Dew Doritos mashup. Like, that was the one with um, Morgan Freeman and old boy from Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Um, yeah, the rest of them were just kind of like dead like i didn't nothing stood out you know what made those the doritos commercial pop though that they actually included the 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 writers and the rappers and the people that made those songs so like i I can see a whole bunch of people being like well i don't get the difference the difference is you acknowledge that that the people uh casted to to act out those lyrics we're not the writers that somehow you did not create this and that the people on the wall if you if you look at um if you look at any museum or if you look at any historical reference generally you would put the the greats if you will on the wall and Busta Rhymes and Missy Elliott those were the paintings on the wall that were essentially like also contributing to something that they had created so there was like there's a bigger discussion about um there was a bigger discussion about like intellectual po- property and creativity and all of that. And that's what I appreciated from um, the Mountain Dew. You know, the other, the other dope thing was it, it was basically two commercials in one. Like it was a Mountain Dew spot and the Dorito spot. Yeah. And to me, it was almost like um, it was almost like a dope hip hop collabo. Track. Okay. You know what I mean? Like it was like, Missy and Buster Rhymes came together to work on this one spot. It was authentic. Yeah. I mean, it felt authentic, and it felt new, and it felt fresh. Um, like, who would have thought to put uh, Morgan Freeman and I, I, I want to say this dude's name. So Peter, um, I can't pronounce his last name. I'm not going to even try. What does it say? Peter I, Dinklage. Dinklage. Yeah. Um, who would have thought to put them in the same spot? So, to me, that was, like, the dope spot. Cool. I was, I was feeling that. Dope. Um, I'll say like I definitely didn't expect uh <laughs> any of those people to be matched up. So that was a dope commercial. that was a dope ad and commercial and all of that. Um, Simeon, what about you? What's your dope shit? Um, my dope shit isn't necessarily ad related, um, but if you know anything about me is that I aspire to be an old grumpy black man who has no filter and vulture just released just released a interview with quincy jones where he quite frankly has no fucks and he talks about everybody from oprah to uh he wasn't right for what he said about (laughs) that was some shade and i was like so nobody's gonna discuss this okay i'm gonna let you but the the funny shit is that oprah is hosting his um okay his interview granted quincy jonas is old as fuck and you know like sometimes when like your elders get to a certain position in their life like they don't care this was an interview of a man who does not care y'all there was not one fuck left to give and he was like well I'm going to just tell you what I know. Yeah, he basically said, you know, um, I'm going to let you guys read it, but he came from Michael Jackson. He said he stole a couple of his songs. I don't think that's coming for I think that's being honest. It, it, it is being honest, but the perception that people have of Michael is that he was this musical genius who was doing basically everything on his albums besides the production because he worked with um, Quincy Jones. But if you want a good read for your train ride or the toilet, whatever the case may be, you should definitely read this uh, Vulture article on Quincy Jones. It's called 
in conversation, Quincy Jones, and he basically just it's it's a long. <laughs> I don't I don't think I've ever been this entertained in a while, like reading an interview because he clearly didn't have a press person in the room. No one. <laughs> it was <laughs> at he his house. Care anymore. He's like he in his didn't. <laughs> like the 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 whole interview opens up with like no fucks left, right? Yeah. Not one. I mean, the you're interviewer. 80. What's the interviewer's name? Um, While you're finding it, he asked Quincy Jones about his experience with Michael Jackson, and he just listen. Listen, Michael stole most of his work. I was like, wait, you didn't even, <laughs> you didn't even like give me a minute to like get warmed up and like, you know, feel like we have to dig. He was like, I'm just going to tell y'all what it was. Michael stole songs. The Beatles ain't shit. Ringo couldn't play bass. And fuck that. I'm a Pisces. And I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. I wasn't yeah. ready. <laughs> I had to go back because I was like, did I read what I read? Because I'm not sure that this is what I was supposed to be reading. Like, I feel like, are these like the editor's notes? No, it was real. So the, the funny thing is, I don't even know. I don't know how signs work or what their personality types are. But the writer. That ain't no Pisces <laughs> diary, but I'll tell you that. But the writer, uh, David uh, Marquez or Marquise, um, he was also a Pisces. And I think that was kind of what made uh quincy jones like more comfortable like having that's how you know he old because that's that <laughs> 1970s game like yo what's your sign bro oh we cool we cool i was like he didn't check for the moon the rising the north no the south no nothing he was just here for what's your sign i was like listen that's how you get caught up he was talking about oh my god he t- he spoke about um kennedy's assassination oh yeah that was crazy dude was like <laughs> what's one thing he said what's one thing you wish you didn't know who killed kennedy i said oh lord Oh Lord! This is what happens when you get to a certain age and you don't care. That's, that's, real. that's the age that I'm, I'm gunning for. I just want to be on a milk crate in front of the corner store, talking shit like this, but have money in my pocket. He has money, and he has money. He says yeah. that. Dude was like, "I work for." This. You seem to hang in all of these circles with all these rich and famous people. He was like, "Yeah, but you know, I'm from the street." I'm like, "But you're 85 <laughs> years old. <laughs> you haven't been near a street in, in like, like at least." <laughs> At least 30 years. years. Like, what do you mean? It was too much. Yeah. It was absolutely too much. So that's 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 my favorite thing right now in the whole wide world. I think I'm going to read it again because th- these are my life goals. I appreciate your goals, friend. I, I hope <laughs> I hope you make it there, and I hope I'm here to see you make it there. Um. Okay, so I guess it's my turn. So I'm going to turn back to what is relevant within um, – the advertising space, uh, the media space, and turn back to the Super Bowl. Um, and I just want to talk about Blackshare. Yep. So for those of you that were um, watching the Super Bowl and were just there for the commercials, you may or may not come across um, an ad where a relatively hands- handsome but highly – a uh, highly handsomely dressed black man walks into a theater with his, I believe his eyes and his mouth were covered or his face yep. was masked. Yeah. Um, and, and it was very um, abstract. Nothing was really said. He was just there. There was music. He was in an auditorium. Um, and you were confused for a couple minutes. And then the commercial ends with, you know, be celebrated, not tolerated. And I just need you to know that, oh, that's me trying to play it. Yeah, his eyes and his mouth are are, are covered and taped. Um, and he removes the the mouth tape and the eye and the blindfold. And across the screen comes be celebrated, not tolerated. And all of a sudden, if you were in a room like I was in, all of the people of color and the people that advocate on behalf I of people p- of color started, st- stood up. And gave a round of applause because that is literally everything that we have been saying on this podcast since the day we started. That is literally everything that people that advocate on behalf of diversity and inclusion um, push for. Preach. In in two half-ass senses. Here goes Prize again, Killing Me Softly. And if you don't know, Prize also produced with Wyclef Jean um, and Lauren Hill from the Fuji's Killing Me the Killing Me Softly remix, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So that whole entire commercial killed me softly. And I 
went completely crazy because until I, yeah, until that moment, I haven't been able to articulate what it is that I'm looking for from, um, the industry, from, uh, commercial businesses and brands and people in authority and authoritarian positions. Like, I don't want you to tolerate me. I don't want you to include me just because you think I have to. I actually only want to be around people who want to celebrate me and not take what I have to celebrate themselves for being able to do what I do, but celebrate me as a person. So um, I did a little bit of digging and learned a little bit about Blackshire. Um, and essentially, Blackshire is a platform um, that once it's officially launched, will tell the stories of black people. Um, I'm going to assume across the diaspora because I know Prize is um, not Haitian. necessarily. Is he Haitian? Haitian American. Okay, so he's definitely not from the States originally. Um, but to tell the stories of black culture throughout the world and of black people and to celebrate us and to talk about the great things that we have done. And I know there are like one or two sites out there that do that. Shout out to Blavity being one of them. But we don't need just one. There's not just one magazine for women. You know, there's there's many. So there should be more than one site that tells our stories and and gives uh, and puts black culture on a pedestal where it's not necessarily being appropriated, but rather appreciated and celebrated in a way where it's like, you know, we love this thing. We all love this thing. And it's not just for black people. It's for anybody who appreciates and celebrates black culture. So I'm super excited. Um, if anybody knows anybody at black, you're telling them to holler at us. Um, because your girl is trying to figure out who we can interview and who we can get on the show. Because that is exactly what we have been expressing from day one on this podcast. We as people within the communications industry, we want to be celebrated. We do not want to be tolerated. If you do feel that you need to simply tolerate us, listen, bro, you can go kick rocks. We don't need to be here. We don't need to do this thing together. We're just not here for each other as in any other relationship. But if we are here to celebrate each other and our strengths and our weaknesses and help each other grow, then by all means, let's get it popping. Like that is literally what this entire movement um, within the communications industries uh, are about. So shout out to them. I think the other dope thing was that it happened during the Super Bowl. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah, like it was so unexpected for them to do it during that because one, how much does a Super Bowl spot cost? Child, who knew yeah. we had this much right. money? So this is millions of dollars to say two half-ass sentences that literally spoke the experience or, or literally spoke into existence what so many of us have been trying to articulate in these conversations about diversity and inclusion since the beginning, since since 1969 which is a date I got from Valerie Graves <laughs> two days ago. Um, so for the last X amount of years, we've been trying to articulate what it is that we want out of diversity and inclusion. And I feel like those two sentences pretty much summed it up. We got some live listener feedback from our girl, Ashley Evangelista. Let us know via, <laughs> via Slack that a Super Bowl spot is like $5 million for 30 seconds. Yeah. Oh, wow. I'm not going to go ahead and count how long this commercial was, but – at a minimum, somebody came out of pocket five mil. Yeah. Yep. That's at least half a Diddy yacht party. So appreciate mm. them for yeah. going out of their way, um, for not spending this on things that I would probably spend it on, <laughs> um, and and putting their money towards a greater uh, movement, not just a cause, but a movement. So I'm I'm here for all of it, and look forward to, I look forward to seeing uh, what comes of all of this. Cool. I, I cool. hope it's I hope it's wild shit. I, I hope, it's I hope it is too. I feel yeah. like I don't necessarily see them like, I don't know, like the, just in my spirit. My spirit be telling me stuff. My spirit isn't telling me that it's going to be like, oh, it ain't going to be Hotep. I'll say that. And for those of you that don't know, we've described Hotep before. And um, I've actually episodes. seen something recently from very, from Damon Young on Very Smart Brothers where he described uh a hotel platform as <laughs> the idea of replacing white patriarchy with black patriarchy, and we don't want that either. We yes. actually okay. don't necessarily need pa- uh, 
patriarchy or matriarchy in charge. We actually want an equitable um, living lifestyle system. Um, so I don't feel like it's going to be Hotep. I do feel like it's going to be something that just embraces culture, but also acknowledges the amazingness that black culture has contributed to mainstream culture as well. And I'm here for it. I just want to hand clap sometimes when I do great things or a yeah. raise or a promotion. <laughs> Some simple. <laughs> Some simple. You know, just an island, a card. A card. A, a, a tag on Instagram. Some simple. Now you got a whole nother platform. That's it. So we'll see how this goes. Yeah, um, it kind of feels like when UPN was this black, it's about to be BT. It's about to be new HBT. It's about to be BT. We, we, we put a lot on BT. We had a lot of hope. 1993 BT. BT, not yeah, necessarily 2003 BT. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. So with that, I think it's time for us to go ahead and delve into our hot topic of the day. Um. And like I told you guys, uh, Diet Madison Ave. For those of you that actually work specifically in advertising, is on the tip of everyone's tongue and the tips of everyone's fingers. If you have access to an Instagram account, and I believe on Twitter, right? I follow them primarily on Instagram. I didn't know they had a Twitter. I think I heard that they have a Twitter as well. If you follow social media and you work within the advertising space, you have probably heard or seen or or read something that um, has come directly from the uh, social media handlers of Diet Madison Avenue. And... Just to give you a little bit of insight on what uh, Diet Madison Avenue actually is, it is a social platform um, that has committed themselves, if you will, to, I don't want to say outing, but spreading the truth. Exposing their... Exposing the truth. Yeah. Um, of indiscretions within the advertising industry, primarily as it pertains to sexual harassment. Yeah. So I don't know how many people, if anybody, I'm not going to assume people have been following us because we're not that cool. We're not We're not Drake. You're, you may not have been here since we're, our we're, first mixtape. We're Drake adjacent. Are we Drake adjacent? Yeah. All right, so if anyone has been following <laughs> us since the first mixtape, a.k.a. Uh, uh, <laughs> Season one, yeah, we started off actually discussing sexual harassment that takes place within the industry, um, specifically um, with an issue that happened um, at uh, JWT yeah. uh, about a year and a half ago, two years ago, two yeah, years ago, two years ago. Okay, so sexual harassment within the industry, and also just to verify, because we definitely have people over at JWT that we love and we're cool with, and everybody's not like that in general in the world the person that was the topic of that conversation has since been removed so this is two years ago this is not now um people are getting better organizations are getting better better and people are rallying right but sexual harassment and uh just discrimination in the workplace in general is not a new conversation Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying so i think folk are just tired i think i think I think people have been growing tired with the conversation about what it means to be woke. I think with the 2016 election, right? Is it 2016, 2017? What, what year is it now? I don't know anymore. We had a whole year of Donald Trump, so Oh, my God. So since 2017, folk have just been tired of the bullshit. And so they said, well, since we can't lock you up, in physical jail maybe we can put you in publicity jail we can put you in pr jail we can Mm. give you trial by public perception and social media is the power of the people and fast forward to february 2018 that's not where it started that's just where we are now um we have died madison avenue they're anonymous instagrammers who uh, get nasty in the fight against alleged alleged predators. And this is the uh, title of the article that was placed in AdAge the last week. Um, this is basically Gossip Girl. So for anybody that has ever watched Gossip Girl, shout out to wow. me dating myself, right? Because that's like seven years old, five years old I'm now. not even going to tell you. It's like X. I don't uh, even Gossip remember. It's probably like a good mm-hmm. decade now. Is it 10 years? Wow. Because then they had the show. They had the book. All right. So it's like show. Gossip Girl, but for advertising and literally putting ain't shit people on blast. Like, we talk about dope shit and ain't shit, like, bi-monthly. 
Child, they talk about dope shit ain't shit all day. And they will call you out individually if you are ain't shit. Um, people that have been um, ousted on the Instagram account, or not ousted, but called to exposed. called to the floor or exposed on the ins- Instagram account include creative directors and executives from the likes of Joga 5, um, who else, y'all? You gotta help me out. Mar- the Martin, uh, agency, Martin agency. Yeah. Um, CP plus C- CP and B. What is that? CP and B. What's that? Yeah, Crispin Porter. Oh, yeah, yeah. um, it's it's a handful yeah. of men. Um, and the reality of the situation. Widen and is, this was Widen and Kennedy. Like the big guys, the people that will tell you we are here with you in this fight. And all of a sudden, you find out that they have a really dirty skeleton in their closet that needed to be cleaned out. So that's that's a good point because I, I want to read their actual bio on Madison Avenue. Oh, oh, sorry, on Instagram because it says exposing sexual sexual harassment and discrimination in ad agencies since October two thousand seventeen. Because HR won't, and I feel like that that little comma and the last piece is extremely important to what it is that they're doing because like you were saying this isn't new and women have been complaining about it to hr and hr hasn't been doing anything and so their their last resort which is now becoming the best resort is emailing diet medicine avenue so that they can put these people on blast which to me like that's that's what's making them so um, so relevant for what's happening right now because obviously what's happening in Hollywood is is pretty similar where people are where women are calling out the men who are abusing their power but in our industry people usually go away quietly because they get settlements and they have to sign NDAs when they when they get those settlements and this is basically and and when that happens, these men can go to another agency and pretty much do the same shit all over again. So the fact that they're exposing them means that these dudes can't go anywhere. Exactly. Like, where where can you go after you've been put on blast? Which is why it's so fierce. So one of the things on their highlighted stories on the Instagram, um, on their Instagram channel right now, is that there are three primary groups to consider. And without it, a real investigation can't take place. And y'all know we talk all the time about how Investi- investigations that take place when discrimination or harassment is called to the floor they're not always in the uh they're all not always in the best interest of the person um expressing their discontent or the feeling that they've been harassed so diet madison Ave says that reported cases by current employees are important to take into account Reported cases of previous employees who disclosed during exit interviews are important to take into account. And to Simeon's point, reported cases of previous employees who had to sign NDAs. And I would say if advertising had a nickname, it should just be NDA. Word. Because that is literally how people keep it. That is like, that's your gag order. That's your power. We'll pay you for your power. Um, So it's super important that this platform exists. I'm not going to go through and read all of the, the, all of the stories that have come to fruition because I, I, we have not as a, from mixed company, we have not been in contact with anybody from this Instagram channel yet. Um, but I also don't necessarily feel like it's our business to be putting people's business out there. We just like to read it cause we like the tea. Right. Right. I mean, um, yeah. So go ahead. yeah, I think the, the biggest problem is 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 basically like HR, right? In this, and to me, in this situation, because one of the things that they're they're, I guess, putting their pedest, you know, their their platform is based on is that they're researching these stories, and so they're basically confirming that these people have gone to HR, and HR has HR hasn't pretty much done anything about it. Um, and since we're not naming names, so one of the stories that um, they exposed, they pretty much went so in depth on the the Instagram stories where they were highlighting that HR knew, that the CEO knew, and they were all pretty much complicit in making sure that this person was uh, protected. And even 
and even after this person was exposed the instead of trying to rectify the environment the ceo's um, mission was to figure out who was leaking information to the press instead of making sure that they were creating uh, a safe environment for their employees so i think one to me they're they're doing the lord's work is because come on and just do the lord's right, work right because i i think i think what they're doing is they're exposing the bigger issue and so the bigger issue is that while all, a lot of agencies talk about diversity and inclusion and we always assume that from the top down this is exactly what they want they're basically saying that even at the top of agencies that have you know basically are, wave, are sitting out there waving their diversity and inclusion flags even at the top the top ain't shit like and i mean what's that phrase the the fish stinks from the head yeah well right. actually that's it the fish yeah, does the, like, stink from the head so I, and i think that's what they're what they're doing is because for a long time people have tried to paint these incidents as isolated or that the ceo didn't know or whoever was in charge of the department didn't know but they're basically saying like all of you motherfuckers knew and you tried <laughs> to cover it up so hold this for real so like outside of the drama factor what is it that you think has made this so popular in recent months because they started in october and folk caught on, caught on in January. Like, my entire January was nothing but Diet Madison Avenue. Right. What do y'all think is, like, you do you think that it's from a selfish or, like, a petty place where we just want to see people fail? Or do you think that there's, um, there's like, a, like, a Superman effect? Like, we want people to be saved, and so we need to see the bad, the bad guy fall. I, well, it's a little bit about for remember they were private. Their Instagram was private for a while. Isn't it still private? I think it's, it's still right. private. It's, it's open now. Is it? Because oh. I, I I was talking to somebody at about Studio it. Guest, can you try to get access to <laughs> our audience and have to tell us if they open or not? Um uh, <laughs> try to see if you can follow Diet Madison Avenue. Let me know if they're they're a locked account. Yeah, because th- before you had to request to be approved to whatever. They were they were a private. Um <laughs> Uh, yeah, but now it's open because I was I was talking to somebody about it the other day, and she was able to just view it automatically. Um, so I think that's that's probably why it's starting to catch on now, um, is because it's open to the public. But I think the other thing is is that there's there is power in knowing that you're not alone, and I think that's what for a lot of people that's where the quote unquote being woke comes from, because. And I'll just take into my into account my personal experience, which is like when I was working in media and I was going through a lot of shit, it just felt normal until you start speaking to other people of color who work in the communications industry. And then you start realizing like, nah, this is actually like some systemic bullshit that's going on. And so I think with them, a lot of women who probably were chopping incidents up to the game saying, well, you know, this is just boys being boys or this is the type of bullshit that you have to deal with. Now they're able to see it on this Instagram channel. So they, they, and they had this email that they can email. So I think that's part of what's, what's lending itself to them blowing up. I think, you know, I think that too, but I don't know about the Superman of saving people. It's people are, if you've been in an agency for a while and you notice a trend with one person making a hostile work environment, like it seems very powerless that the person who's creating that hostile environment is still there while the people who are trying to not or trying to not have that type of situation end up being fired or they leave because it's not, it's not, nothing is going to change. So I think having a site, a, an Instagram profile like that, you do get that collective knowledge that you're not the only one. And then, you know, more voices are power than one, are powerful than just one. So it creates this change. You know, it creates this, um, this awareness, even for HR who think, you know, they just do these one-offs and whatever, but 
these are more voices. So I mean, also to the to the power factor, um, I think we need to keep in mind that people are trying to protect their livelihoods. Um, to go and put something like this out on your own can get you blackballed in this industry that's very insidious. Um, where pretty much a lot of people know each other. Um, a lot of people get hired based off of referrals. So being able to do it through this anonymous channel allows you to almost eliminate your problem and protect your livelihood at the same time. So one of the things that I've been thinking about as it pertains to this conversation is that within movements, people generally, in the past, right, people look for um, a savior, if you will. They look for that leader. And in recent years, we haven't had, like, a person. Like, there have been a few people, but nobody that has single-handedly taken the lead to say, I'm about to turn shit up, and I'm about to change shit for all of y'all on my own. I mean, I think that's strategy, because if there's a leader, you can kill them. I don't disagree with you. I guess the point that I wanted to call out is I feel like with these social handles, excuse me, with these social handles, they have become our masked leaders or our dark knights, if you will, because you don't know who these people are. Even even with Black Lives Matter and with um, the hashtag Me Too and now we have the Instagram handle for Diet Madison Avenue, there's not a a single person that we can tie to them. It's almost community driven. So like the community savior becomes the community that feels oppressed. So I find it really like comforting to go to these places to be like, it's not just me feeling shit. It's not, I'm not making it up in my head that you brush your hand up against my shoulder or that you told me that let's have a meeting in a small closet because you you wanted it to be more intimate. The real story that happened to me a few months ago. You know what I'm saying? So, like, these aren't things that, like, we make up. And, like, once the savior, if you will, or the uh, or the dark knight or the masked knight brings it to attention, such as these hashtags, which are digital movements that are actually perpetuated by real live people of the community, it's strength in numbers. Because if one person calls it out loudly enough and they have other people to back it up behind them, other people will eventually join on. Like, it's mob mentality. We know how it goes, right? So, like, it's just really, refre- like, it's refreshing for me. Like, I don't care. If you're an ancient person, you deserve to get called out. Right. Because when you feel like, because these are the people in power that are here telling you that you're not shit enough to grow within your within your uh, discipline, that you're not shit enough to get your promotion or get your pay increase or go on to another um, or go on to another uh, a job function and they tell you that you will never be them. You know what I'm saying? So it's really, for me, it's refreshing just to be, just to, just to look at it. I just, I'm, I'm not going to lie, y'all. I'm really happy to see the mighty fall. I mean, and I think that's, that's such a good point because, for the longest, when we, especially in this in this industry, creative directors, ECDs, GCDs, the way that they're regarded is almost like they're untouchable. Like you can't fuck with them. Well, now they get <laughs> and, touched. And, and this, okay, they get touched yeah. the way they was touching. And I think that's another part that it actually works because you could just you can put these things out there. You can put it on social media, but the fact that there's an actual effect is probably the most inspiring part it to is, me. You think it's inspiring? Is it inspiring? Yeah, because oh, yeah. it's like. Oh, anyway, I studio audience. Anyway, it's inspiring because it actually works. I guess that's inspirational. Yeah, it is. I mean, I think I think for when you look at the way that these conversations have gone in the past, just think about the way that you were having conversations about diversity and inclusion two, three years ago. Bruh. There was an almost. Um, regrettable acceptance that you had at the end of the conversation, which was like, this is just the way that shit is. You know what I'm saying? Like it's people were accepting things for the way they were. Yeah. I think now with, with digital movements like this, you don't have to accept it. You don't, you know that you, you have an outlet that can, 
destroyed this person. And if you're petty, like like many works. of us are. It's, I mean, it's the it, high school effect, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. Listen, back when I was in college, they had this thing called Air Out Howard. Shout out to Howard circa 2008 through 2010. And essentially, real, because we was petty. Folks was petty. I still don't know who was behind it. But I ended up on that social hashtag a couple times, too. What? Listen, <laughs> listen, I had a good time in college. You can't judge me. It was nothing too shady. But still, my name ain't have no business being up on that. But essentially what it was was um, a, a Twitter uh, account that essentially exposed, like, the day-to-day ratchetness of people on campus. So if you were seen at a, at a ratchet spot doing ratchet things, hood rat things with your friends, it was probably going to end up on this on this Twitter handle. Wow. Nobody, knew where it, no, nobody knew where it came from. And people honestly started to, like, watch their moves, track their moves. And the reality is some of us need people to oversee our fuckery so that we can act accordingly. You need to package yourself accordingly before you go into any situations. And these men, and 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 there are women that have been exposed on Diet Madison Avenue as well as being accomplices and complicit to a lot of the discrimination and disruptions that have occurred. You need to package yourself accordingly. You are not above the law. You are not above the policy. You are not better than anybody else working beneath you. Just because you have a, dis- a, a different title than me does not give you permission to touch me, to say you want to touch me, to insinuate you want to touch me. And just because you have an, a different title doesn't mean that you even get the opportunity to watch somebody touch me and not fucking say anything when I try to speak up about it. That's the problem. Me personally, I'm here for everybody to get a reckoning. I used to get my ass beat when I got when when I used to mess up as a kid, and I think it's important <laughs> for these grown folk that probably never got an ass whooping in their life to see what it feels like. So I'm Boom. absolutely <laughs> happy to see that people are getting called out for their actions. They're being told that they're not shit. And now you have two choices. You can sit and wallow in that, or you can make a change. Because there's, I think there's always room to come back from a, a, a terrible situation if you know how to rectify it honestly and authentically. This is their opportunity to actually become good people and make it better. It's going to take you some time. People got to trust you again. Yeah. But hey. You want your job back? You want your livelihood back? This might be something you actually have to do is make it better. You think they could? You think some of these people who got fired? I'm not the one that's going to be doing the forgiving, but I feel like there are other people in this world. No, that part's, I'm kidding about that. But I do, you can't be broke forever. Like, from every downfall, like, you have to rise with with a different approach to how you are going to continue your livelihood. Um, And some of these people, all they know is marketing and media. How do you. Matt Lauer, I know that like he was not ousted on on Giant Madison Avenue, but Matt Lauer can't be broke forever, and I don't necessarily know if he's going to be able to just survive on his severance pay. <laughs> his severance pay, a lot of a country can su- survive on his severance pay. He's making money for his expenses. You got to consider people's expenses. I'm sure his apartment. I mean, sure you have to scale I'm sure back. <laughs> but do you see what I'm saying? Like, yeah. do you want to do that? Probably not. So if you want to con- continue living the lifestyle that you want, you're going to need to rectify this situation. You have to say you are sorry. You have to make amends. You have to do the time and pay for the crime. And then you have the opportunity to potentially come back. I think one, like just thinking about what y'all said, it's the, the social media aspect of that is, you know, when you're doing your career and all that stuff and you're doing, you think about your resume, you think about how your social media presence is. I always wondered about that too. Like, okay, this stuff is on social media. When they search for your name, when they Google your name, they're going to find this stuff. Will these people ever, I don't have humanity against these people, but it it does cross my mind. Like I wonder if anyone's going to ever hire them again. You know, people weren't hiring these people anyway. They were getting jobs based off of references. Like, no one applies for the CEO job. You were recommended. You see, and and that's the difference. And people have to approve you. So, they're not putting their resume out there the way we put our resumes out there on LinkedIn, etc. Well, no, not your resume. They're but like when people search rec- about you, like your your CEOs. If you go to an event or things like that, and they search for you. They find that Charles, it's like if Chris decline. Brown can come back, anybody could come back. But you absolutely have <laughs> situation. You absolutely have to go back and apologize and right your wrong. Because to to the point, like no, all of these men are not pulling their penises out and masturbating in front of people. 
Some of them are just being extremely suggestive. And what that means is that's a behavior change Mm -hmm. that you need to make, that you need to understand causes an issue. What people are being punished for now are the, 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 the various degrees to which you are offending people. They're getting punished for all offenses. I don't know if you ever got beat for things you might do. I used to get th- beat for things I might do. Shout out to Sonya and Ricky. No, dead ass. I used to get beat. Because <laughs> you had that look in your eye? I used to get beat, so I had a look in my eye. Okay. <laughs> Those, those are the realest beings. Those were the realest beings. Were you like, dang, look, I didn't even say nothing out loud. But you thought but it. But I thought it. But I thought it. And that's what these people are damn getting punished no, for now. Damn. So, no, I don't necessarily think that the people that are out here completely, like, violating people's bodies to... No, that's not what you I was what thinking. Saying, like, but I'm like, you search for these things of, and you, are, you have you these are accusations. of rape... You are probably not coming back from this, bruh. And I'm gonna need you to just scale your life back and figure out how That's to live off of a, live out of a, a log cabin and two twigs. However, <laughs> for those of you that it's more of a behavior change that you can actually speak to, I think that there is um, an opportunity to change. I think there's an opportunity to learn. I think there's a lot of counseling and therapy that you need to do. Um, but I do believe that there is an opportunity. But for right now, you need to go sit in timeout. You need to take, you need to have yourself several seats and sit the fuck out while the rest of us that know how to carry ourselves in public continue to move forward. It's only going to have to be like a judge, like Judge judge I mean, Kai. I mean, I've watched a lot of Boom. judge shows. Night. Anyway, okay. So with that being said, like, because we don't want to go too much into this. I, f- I feel like as a show, we should probably reach out to Diane Madison and have, let them know that we're talking about them. Because I would love to, like, hear their tips. Like, we're giving our solutions um, mm-hmm. or our yeah. perspective about how this is affecting the industry. But it would be really amazing to hear anybody that knows them, works with them. <clears throat> we'll, keep you, we'll keep you silent. You know, I, listen. <laughs> keep us silent. We got the secret voice thing. I know. I, listen. <laughs> the voice changer. It would really be interesting to see, like, what they want actually to happen. Like, what the next step the next step is. Because you can't just fire everybody in the business. I mean, but, but you but can't. No, but it's and selling awareness. But, but, you're, but you're, not fi- you're not firing everyone. You're getting rid of the bad apples. And I think... What if the tree is rotten? What do you do? Oh. Then that's what we've been you all burn been down the building. Huh? We've all been waiting for that. <laughs> I didn't hear you. We've, we've all been waiting for that. And I think that's something that we've, we've acknowledged. They're, they're not going to cut down the whole tree. Like, this is a... But that's my point. You can't fire everybody. But you can you fire can, You can fire everybody and then what? We start the industry from... Fresh? But you're, you're not but you hire good everyone. people. You're actually, you're actually making room for. You're saying they're going to be people, right? So that is yeah. actually, that is actually what has been happening. Right? There are a yeah. lot of women that have been that have now been shifted into roles that these vile, vile men have been holding on to for so long. Um, but is that it? Like, is the answer just hire women? No, no, no. no. But it's so one of the things that they have on their site. Um, one of their posts is, and it's it's an old saying. I think it's from like Marxism, but it's agitate, educate, organize. They're trying to get rid of all the bad apples. The tree is rotten. We all know the tree is rotten. They're not going to cut down the tree, but you, they're trying to get rid of everyone who is blatantly toxic, and that may be a whole lot of people. And when they're gone, they're gone. Like that's it is what it is. There isn't a shortage of talent. So you're only making room for the talent that's already out there. I agree. I have a hope. I I, I have a, a a thing in my mind as the New York City ambiance passes us by. Shout out to the NYPD, the FDNY, and everybody else that has a, a siren on their car. But one of the things that we talk about um, is how, from a creative perspective, and, and quite frankly, even on the business side of things, on the production and client services side of things, you tend to look for people that come from a certain pedigree. They come from a certain uh, school, um, art school. They've gone to a certain college. They've worked at a certain agency for a certain amount of time. And that is what we value as um, an expert within the, indus- in, within the industry or a subject matter expert. I feel like there's going to come... a um, a place where you can't find that many subject matter experts that are coming from these traditional spaces and I feel like once you get rid of all those people from the bad from the bad tree you start to look for sustenance from another tree which might be the opportunity to create space for people that come 
into the creative industries from non-traditional backgrounds. So you just might be, you know, you sell books on the corner, which is real. And some of them books is real good. Shout out to be uh, true to the game and be more careful and all those hood books from back in the day. But you're mm. a copywriter. Like, you can write. Yeah. So can, I, can I tell you another theory of mine? I got it. All right. So <laughs> they're going – a lot of blame has been placed on white men. And – they're going to replace a lot of these white men with white women, and these diversity problems are still going to exist. And I think that's going to open up another conversation for <clears throat> that white women who have been sort of throwing the blame completely on white men as the sole culprits for everything that's toxic in this industry they're also going to get put on blast. I think that's a 50 I mean, there's 50 53 thing. Per, yeah. No, it's 5347 to be thing. accurate. <laughs> it's a fair, it's a very 5347. It's not a 5050 thing. It's 5347. Okay. We saw it in the election and that that was a stat called out by the studio audience today. Okay. Again, Thank they you are studio. On fire today. Um <laughs> but I think I think you're right and but I also want to call out listen Somebody, uh, what was I listening to? I was listening to um, Hey Friend, Hey. I forget what podcast she's on. The Friend oh, Zone. The friend zone. On, from the Friend Zone. And they had an episode a while back about call-out culture. We are in an era of call-out culture within the communications industry. That means all of us are going to get caught out. So while yeah. you're right, that is probably potentially going to happen. It doesn't necessarily leave us as people of color. Um Safe. No, yeah. I mean, I don't mean everybody should be watching either. Everybody, like, if you like, literally, if you're just genuinely not shit, you probably just need not apply at this point. Yeah, I mean, I think that that goes for everybody in the room. Like, we're we have a platform where we're talking about. I wouldn't say that we're we're presenting ourselves as holier than now, but we are presenting ourselves as influencers or experts. On this in the space of DNI from the perspective of mid level talent, so we yeah don't we, use being of color as an excuse to be ain't shit because you're gonna get caught right. Out so too. like I, anybody could get got. Everybody's like, about to get got. That's that's the reality of it. So cross your t's, dot your eyes, treat people like humans. Just be real. Treat you, people like human and be real. And you you won't have to worry about shit. But it's gonna be a it's gonna be a whole lot of people getting. It's, getting I think it's gonna be a fun summer. It's gonna be a fun. Know, it's gonna, gonna be a fun next twenty four months. I'm not gonna revel into the call out because everyone can get called out. But why do you say it's gonna be a fun summer? Because people are getting called out, or it's, yeah, it's, I feel like it's, it's gonna, yeah. or or I change is gonna happen. I feel because people I think can get the called out here. And actually, this is something that we talked about at the beginning of last year that we felt like we were on the verge of something. I think that was our January episode last year, and here we are a year later. It's like, oh shit. So, oh shit! People getting called out, but here's here's what it is. Yes, you're right. Everybody's getting called out, and a change is happening. However, mm-hmm. this also means that the standard to which we hold people to has changed as right. well. I agree. It's not good enough for you to just have put out really great ads that won a Cannes Lions five years ago anymore. Nobody cares about that. What people care about is. How do you treat people? Like, I feel like that's about to be a, a fucking interview question. How do you treat people? <laughs> do you touch people? Whoa. <laughs> Did you ask them if you could touch them? Like, these are real questions you have to ask Are people. we going to ask this in the interview? That's going to be crazy. I've asked quite crazier questions, but still. Like, in interviews. Girl, yes. I don't have cooth. I have no behavior. <laughs> Stop looking at me like I'm better than anybody. I just I like don't doing do hood rat things with my friends, and that is it. That so, is all I want for the rest of my and life. I, and, I, and I feel like you, you made a great point when you talked about things are happening. So I was talking to an OG ad person this week, and um, and she was she mentioned 1969 as a parallel to what's happening right now. And 19, 1969 is a very crucial year because that's when a lot of the multicultural agencies opened up, so like the Uniworld, um, and they were getting client business. And a big reason why they were getting client business was because clients realized that they couldn't go to general market agencies to get the 
the insightful, effective work that they wanted to reach their um, multicultural targets. Right, because the insight at that point, before that, the insight was that African Americans just wanted to acquire the. Or they they it, were white people in training. They were white people essentially. They they were the same as white people yeah. when and then by 1969 they had realized that we had our own swag and we had our own culture uh, that we lived by. Right. And so. And over the course of the last 50-something years, th- a lot of that business was absorbed into general market agencies because these people felt like they could also do it. But the last, You got to blame them for what they right? did to the cold crush. But what Shout we're looking at the last couple of weeks, or actually the last couple of years with the Pepsis and the H&Ms, Sprite. I think we're going in the Sprites. <laughs> um, I think we're going to go back into a space where you're going to need those niche agencies or you're going to be agreed de- demanding that you have women at the table that you have people of color at the 100%. table and so call out culture is is going to be one of the driving forces behind it because we're not just calling out agencies we're calling out the clients i think what's changing now and and before we just go into like kind of wrapping it up i think what's changing now is not back then people felt that they needed different tables to answer different questions. I think what is changing now is that we recognize that we may need a couple of tables, but we need multiple people at each of these tables. It can't just be one voice at each table. It has to be multiple voices at each table answering different questions and different challenges. Um, And that portion of what we do within advertising and marketing is what I'm looking forward to. And it is going to be very slow for those of us um, that are working from the bottom up. But for those of those of you from the top down that listen, and there are a couple more now than there were two years ago when we started out, I implore you, I implore you to really take a look at the people that have a say, whether it's from a business perspective, a production perspective, a creative perspective, a strategic perspective, um, at your tables of decisions with your clients, take a look at the people that get to have a say uh, as to what's approved and make sure that everyone's being represented. Um, it's not just about the numbers, which is what I know a lot of uh, brands were trying to convince agencies to do about a year and a half ago. Like, just make sure that you have the colors and the genders on your team. It's also about the perspective now and the human touch that's associated with it. So, we're in February. We're, we're oh, shit. Once February gets here, the month, month the month halfway done by the time you get to February second. But <laughs> but we're in February. We have quite a few more months to uh, pass through in season three, and I am quite convinced that this is not the last time we'll speak about Diet Madison Avenue. Nor am I convinced that that is going to be the only platform around to expose. Um, the shittiness and the ancientness of the world. Wait till people start talking about race, because I feel like that's actually going to be something that comes up. I'm the world's going to be on fire. Very, I'm waiting for very strongly. <laughs> so, this lo- year. so low key, I've been, and I think I've said this to you, Kai. I'm like low key jealous because I wish that there was something similar. It's coming. To it's coming. Yeah. I almost want to put but my been, check on that. I've been that. watching it's Madison. Coming. Diet Madison Avenue, and I feel like they changed their bio in the last couple of weeks. Which is why I said I'm willing to put the rent right. check on it. And they added the discrimination part to it because before it was strictly just sexual harassment. And then they've also been posting like real, like I feel like subjective shit. Like they posted something about Trayvon, Trayvon Martin. Martin. I was like, oh, Friends. it's coming. You guys watching, get into it. I need it in advance on my so bet. I, I feel like it's coming. Yeah. And and when it comes, I got I got tape recordings for that. Listen, <laughs> I think I, I think we all have receipts I, at this point, so I'm excited. Right. Um, but shout out to everybody that, and I know we don't do this. It's Black History Month, so. I just want to give a shout out to everybody that um, considers themselves to be not only be a part of the, the the struggle and these movements within these industries, but also that are not afraid to speak truth to power, whether it is on your own behalf or on the behalf of people that don't necessarily look like you. Um, and this isn't me being sappy, but the reality is like we can't change it on our own as people of color. It's really important to have uh, white people get it. Yeah. And white people want better, and it's important for us to want better for ourselves. Um, There's a lot of people that we've been talking to. I think we've been to about four events so far this year, and people are re-energized, and they're not here for the bullshit. 
So if you're about that bullshit, I'm going to need you to start packing up your desk now because it's going to be a swift exit. Um, and mm. I'm just ready. It's exciting. And, and since it's uh, Black History Month, shout out to Janet Jackson. Shout out to Janet Jackson. <laughs> shout out to Janet Jackson. Shout yes, out to Black Girl. <laughs> shout out to Valerie Graves. And Justin was trash. Shout out to Judy Jackson over at Wonderman. Right. Okay. Shout out to the, the, the crew at the 3%. Shout out to Mariam. Yes. Mariam Gay Sushi out here. <laughs> shout out to Mariam. Shout out to Listen, Goddess will always get the shout the shout outs of the same. Shout out to Goddess. Shout out to everybody who's really here to make change and to make sure that we continue to have Fuck a voice um, within the change that's happening in this industry. So that my little cousins, when they get out of college and they get out of high school, they have an opportunity to make some money to pay some bills to also do hood rec things, things with their friends um, based off of a marketing and advertising salary. Um, Word. So nice. with that being said, thank you guys for listening. We'll catch you next episode on Mixed Company. Peace out. Bye. Word,